0: warning this podcast contains adult content including frank descriptions of sex and lots and lots of swear words enjoy
1: hi neil hi christine
2: hello claire hello christine
1: hello neil hello claire
2: it's been a, a couple weeks it's been a, a rough couple weeks kids <laughs>
1: that's what the calendar says at least
2: oh god
1: yeah um
0: although i do appreciate uh an, an author i follow on twitter is like so everybody's having a rough week i have to say as a black man i've been having a rough life so enjoy and yeah. i was like yep okay yeah. fair
2: america in general has been having a rough several centuries Yeah, Yeah. of people.
0: Um, So, this is a special episode
1: uh, of Quickie. quickie.
0: Um, We wanted to take a moment, take a breath uh, to just talk about uh, what's happening in the real world. We generally try to make this as uh, romance based as possible, but now is this right now isn't quite the moment for that.
2: Yeah, so um, we thought just we would take a moment for the three of us to just sort of talk about things that we feel are important to talk about right now, um, with the caveat, of course, that we are white people. So you don't, you don't have to listen to us right now. You really don't. It's fine. We, we, we are offering up our opinions. Do whatever you want with them. It's fine. <laughs>
0: Uh, during this time, we're going to very quickly recommend several uh, organizations, books, places, ideas that you should kind of think about. But um, right now is a very good time to look for um, black podcasters and start subscribing to their podcasts and uh, start listening to what others around you have to say on those topics. Um, uh, what's important right now is supporting voices in media that, in general, are pushed aside, the side, aren't funded well enough, aren't given enough space, aren't given an opportunity. Make, uh, like, if Apple knew what was good for it, it would push all of the black podcasts right now. <laughs> like, it'd be like, everybody else aside, just these ones. Um, and we're hoping that uh, you take the opportunity to also subscribe to those. So, um, what we thought we would do uh instead of just giving a sort of blanket we support black lives matter statement um what we thought we would do is kind of go around uh talk about different projects that we support and we hope you support and we and resources that you can go to and things you can read and things you can listen to so um i guess i'll get started uh since are talking right now (laughs) um i'll be very quick Um, I highly recommend the OCRA Project. Um, Right now they're doing a funding project for uh, Nina Pop and Tony McDade Mental Health Recovery Fund. OCRA Project is all about helping the Black trans community uh, find a community within themselves, but also feel more a part of the Black community in general. Um, I think now is the time to to support all Black uh, and People of Color Queer Communities, it's Pride Month. This is the time to do it, but this is also a good time to seek out those resources. Um, To that end, I also recommend Breakout, based out of New Orleans, and this organization is about um, LGBTQI uh, teens living in New Orleans, and those teens who have been having a hard time, those teens who need resources, of course, there's so many young people who just need a place to go that is safe um, for their bodies, for their spirits, for their minds, for all the things, and breakout is much very much a part of that. If you are a black writer and you're looking for support for your own work, I recommend blackwriters.org. It's a collective that offers scholarship support, writing prompts, like writing groups, like books, all kinds of things. Um, it is also a place where you can post job openings, but you can also look for jobs like, or post that you're available to be hired. So I recommend that. Um, I would also go on Twitter. I, in general, don't recommend Twitter as a place you should be.
2: <laughs> it's usually pretty awful.
0: It is, but you can also make it a nice place. (laughs) Like, if you really wanted to, I recommend following Black Book Release on Twitter um, and just look at the books that are being released and then go buy those books. Um, I also recommend you just follow the Black authors that are on Twitter. They're talking, they have things to say. You can just follow them. Like, it's great. You don't have to make your Black Lives Matter statement because you can follow others who were black living in this world and their lives matter. And you can listen to the things that they say. So (laughs) do those things. Um, One of the things during this that really got me was uh, a question on Twitter asking white people to really think about the times that they've called the police and whether or not that was helpful. And I've never called the police. I've never looked for the police number, and called the police for needing the police. Um, I've been very lucky in my life to not have been in a moment where I, that was one of my first instincts. I have called 911 for people who are in health emergencies. And every time the police have shown up and they were the least helpful people on the scene, um, they weren't directing traffic. They weren't trying to make sure the person who was in danger was safe. They weren't doing first aid. (laughs) They weren't, uh, they were standing around. And in some cases, they were asking very probing, kind of upsetting questions of the person who was in physical danger. Um, And it was odd and awkward (laughs) and hard to be there, especially as a bystander who was just trying to help the person who was in need in front of me. And thought I was doing the right thing by calling nine one one. I've been taught my whole life you need to call nine one one. And knowing that I might have put that person who was having a seizure, who was having an overdose, who was drunk on the sidewalk and just passed out, and I didn't understand this what was happening, that I might have put them in more danger because I called nine one one is really upsetting. And um hard and so like there are numbers for community response people to come out and help and I've called those numbers instead and in general they're listening to police scanners in San Francisco and both times when I've uh when somebody in uh on the street has fallen in front of me and had a seizure or been having an overdose or passed out community response people came and were immediately like giving life support, helping that person, being open and honest, like de-escalating the situation and telling the police to back off. And so when I say something like we need to defund the police, it's because the things that you assume the police are there for, there's actually other resources. There's other things. There's other people. There's other systems that we actually already have that do the things that we assume the police are doing. Um, and, of course, what I'm saying is anecdotal um, and from a place of privilege and luck. But, um, yeah, that's where I am. So that's what I had to say.
2: Thank you for sharing. Christine. So, What's up, girl? <laughs> so I've been kind of
1: wrestling with the same thought that I wanted to kind of formulate and put on social media, I guess, but I haven't really felt that those are the right outlets for it. So, um, so I guess I'll say it all here is, um, and I guess, and this is directed to white people (laughs) and white people in this moment specifically. Um, it's that like, I think it's great that people are going to the protests, to the rallies, to all of that, that are talking about it on social media. I think that it is a beautiful thing to see so many people all of a sudden come to the same realizations that you have in your life about certain things that seemed rather radical, um, but now seem less like a pipe dream, like defunding the police. Um, so, um I think that that's like these are great things to do, but I think that white people in particular need to understand that activism, real activism that we all need to be doing, is boring. It is boring and it is unglamorous. It is taking skills that you might have in your everyday life for something that you're getting paid for and and applying them to a civic duty like it is sitting down with your city's budget because all police, all police departments are local. They're in a local jurisdiction. That's why we have so many different police policies on different tactics and de-escalation is because each one, each police department is run locally and they they have their own local jurisdiction. So it's hard to have anything be uniform and agreed upon across the country or even within a state. Um, So the unglamorous part is looking at those budgets. Nobody wants to take a picture of themselves looking at spreadsheets and put it up on social media. I mean, it's not really an Instagram-worthy moment, but that is the nitty-gritty of it. It is showing up to city council meetings and making uh, making a public comment and making your voice be heard that way. Um, I also think... Uh, thing that I hope would happen soon, um, and I did mention this on social media, is that I think that everybody should be lobbying their employers to allow them time to go to public meetings, um, to meet with their local officials, because all of that stuff happens during the day, which is by design exclusionary. People cannot just leave their jobs, especially if you're a shift worker, to go to a budget meeting where they are talking about approving a $30 million budget overage for uh, overtime for a police department that you know wasn't in the budget and will undoubtedly take services away from some other department in your city. And like I said, that is by design. It is designed to be exclusionary that these meetings are happening during the day or Votes that happen close to midnight every night, that that excludes people who have childcare um, needs, who just have travel concerns, you know, to get downtown if you're limited on public transportation, especially in the Bay Area, can be extremely limiting. Um, so it's a way to keep people out. A lot of politicians will only meet with constituents during business hours, which is also an exclusionary practice, except for those times when they're up for re-election, which is an instant- Sincere way of um, garnering public support. So, um, you know, I would hope that more people in this moment realize that that is what needs to happen. More people need to get involved in that specific way. That is, it's it's not photo worthy. It's just it's it's boring and it's at home and it's tedious and it's the actual work of it. And it's discouraging how long change takes like we may not see the changes that we want even in our lifetime so it's a long game and it's a lot of work so um but if you keep showing up you learn what other organizations are in your area that are working towards these things. And you will learn, especially as white people, if you do not um, try to take over (laughs) and make yourself the center of these organizations, um, which is also, you know, something that I would hope that everybody would intuitively understand at this point, but I guess it bears repeating. (laughs) It's, um, you know, there is a place to be an ally and that is showing up and asked and, and waiting until you're asked for your input. Um, you know, and I think that that is something that a lot of Black people and people of color, Indigenous people also have experienced their whole lives and, but they're waiting and aren't really asked for their input. Um, so, you know, that's something that's a certain privilege and, you know, white supremacy that we do need to, to roll back to. So when you're looking to have an entree into real activism and like something that is really going to make Black Lives Matter, you have to hang back and, and figure out your place. And that takes an awful lot of humility and it can be a real struggle, but this is already happening in your town. You need to go find it and you need to help in a good way, in a, in a really productive way. So, um, yeah, I mean there's a lot of stuff that's happening. that's just like very hopeful, but it's also very painful to see how long it's taken. So yeah, so those are my thoughts on this, in this moment. Neil, did you also also have thoughts?
2: Yes, I do. Um, So something that I, I mean, one, obviously it's great that um, we live in an age where it's really easy for people to be vocal about these things, like between Twitter podcasts, all of that stuff. And I, and I, have d- and within the last couple of weeks, attention is being drawn to those voices even more, which I really appreciate so it's it's at this point it's almost impossible to not do your research as a white person, like it's being presented to you so please please do your research um, Something that I uh, learned about was the the system of the police unions and just, like, how much power they have. Obviously, generally, I'm, I'm exceedingly pro-union because capitalism is uh, awful, and unfortunately, capitalism is a system in which people need to work together to protect their own best interests because the system won't do it for us. Um, but, unfortunately, um, police unions all over this country are set up in such a way that... They, there's, they don't have to be held accountable for a lot of things. So even when we have situations where there are new police chiefs, new mayors, new governors who want to enact change, um, they, uh, oftentimes they get stymied by the police unions. And there have been a lot of situations where police chiefs will come in and they will fire police officers for poor conduct And then the union will look at their cases and just reinstate them and say, no, you have to hire them back. Um, And there have been oftentimes where a city will say, oh, well, instead of it being solely on the union, we'll have this sort of like advisory committee. And oftentimes that's predominantly made of police. And sometimes it'll be like, oh, we'll have some citizens in there too. But then a lot of times that oversight committee has no real authority to hold the unions accountable so the the oversight committee can say oh this is our recommendation and the union can be like okay noted thanks we're going to just go do whatever we want um so on the one hand obviously it's awful that that, like this is so entrenched that it's a system that needs dramatic overhaul and and like as me as an individual i i it's hard for me to cope how I can go about enacting that change. Um, But that's why we all need to get together as people in a supposedly democratic country um, to enact the change we want to see. And then at the same time learning this, it was really heartening to hear that there are, there are people in the system trying to enact change. Um, And I think that that's important for me personally to remember that like, Oh, like there are, there are good people in the system. It's just that the system is so immovable or it seems so immovable that um that it's even when people try to do the right thing, they they're stymied. And that's really upsetting to me. Um but also I have uh recommendations. I assume if you listen to this podcast that you like podcasts and you like books. Um so I want to recommend um, episode, the, uh, the podcast Throwing Shade is great, but especially episode 446, um, The that podcast is hosted by two white people, and that episode is very specifically, hey, fellow white people, here are things. We're providing links, we're giving you names, we're giving you action items. There is no excuse not to do anything. Um, and maybe that's what we as white people need to be doing, not Like we need to obviously listen to people of color, listen to the protesters, listen to black lives matter. And then we don't have to tell them to change obviously, but turn to other white people and be like, Hey, are you doing your homework? Are you doing what you need to be doing? Great. Because unfortunately, sometimes white people have to hear it from other white people before they do anything. Gross. Um, I also would recommend uh, the episode of the, The Daily, which is the New York Times podcast from June 5th, and it is, uh, I think it's titled Why They Protest, and it's simply interviewing, I think it's five different Black people and just, like, what they have to put up with. If you don't have enough examples in your life of this, listen, and it's, like, one person has had altercations with the police for absolutely no reason other than the fact that he's black. Um, But this one kid was like, he worked at, he, he works at the mall of America and he was trying to get into the building through the employee entrance to go to work and the security, he had his badge, he had his t-shirt. He, and the security guy was like, Oh, you need to call your manager and have your manager come escort you into the building. So he called his manager and his manager's like, I'm opening up. I can't come get you. And so then this kid was like, Hey, my manager's opening i i have to go inside to go work now and the security guard said i don't believe you so then the kid had to go around to the to the main entrance just like little things like that, that happen all the time and that episode is for me like really it was really powerful just because it was people just being like here's a story of this thing that happened to me um i'd also like to recommend The New York Times podcast 1619, which is about the, um, far reaching and often invisible effects of slavery on this country and what it means to be a black person in a country that has a history of slavery. Um, and then if you need a second to like, take a little bit of a breath, uh, Two Dope Queens is an amazing podcast, um. Definitely recommend it. Also, Minority Corner, which is part of the Maximum Fund Network, is um, people of color meeting to discuss issues with an eye towards intersectionality, um, which is always important. Uh, and then books-wise, the ladies, the, the black women that we've read, Beverly Jenkins, Alyssa Cole, Jasmine Guillory, go read all their books. Just go read all their books. Um, And if you are like us and you're finding books on Amazon, like you have to go out of your way to like make it offer you books about black or written by and for black people or about black people. And then conversely, there's no option for, oh, I want to see books by Latinx authors, Asian authors. Like you have to tell it to, to do that, which I think is insane. So the next time you're looking for a book, just like, wander into a section of the algorithm that you've not been to before, just to shake things up and and be exposed to things that Amazon isn't trying to expose you to. Um, I'd also like to recommend the author N.K. Jemisin. I've not read any of her work, but she is the woman who was nominated for the Hugo Award, and then a bunch of white guys felt that she was only nominated because she's a black woman, not because her books are amazing. They're three, it's a trilogy. They're all tremendously excess, successful. Definitely the first two, I think the third one have all won the Hugo Award that year. So she's a very good author, obviously. But that was the, that her first book was the year that the, the white guys were like, ah, ah we're going to throw a wrench in the works and we're going to nominate Chuck Tingle. And Chuck <laughs> Tingle was like, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs>
1: oh. Tingle. <laughs> oh, Chuck Tingle.
2: Once again, Chuck um, Tingle did it right thing. Which is great.
0: Always. Chuck Tingle is the hero. Isn't the hero we asked for, but they're the hero we need. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also want to recommend very quickly before you finish up your segment. Uh, sure. Yo, is this racist? with Andrew Tai and Tawny Newsom, They're actors, okay. comedians, writers. Um, but their entire podcast is about answering dumbass questions from white people about whether or not something is racist. Oh my God. But they spend the it. first segment talking about their lives and the racist things that happened to them this week. <laughs> and then they going the best to answer oh. that question. And honestly, it is very funny, very honest, very heartfelt the the episodes of most recent are um heart-wrenching but highly recommend and honestly like the people they bring on the things that they talk about they they talk about organizations you can support all the time (laughs) and things you should watch and things you should read so it's a great podcast it's from you good
2: and as far as fmk lit um I hope I speak for Claire and Christine and myself when I say that like we're we're here for when you need a break from fighting. I mean don't stop fighting, take breaks please i'm I'm a cancer, so it's my my nature to be like, "Are you okay? Are you rested? Are you fed? <laughs> Are you emotionally stable? great, go do the things you need to do. go change the world. Are you okay um so we want to be here. For when you need an hour to just like not think about how terrible the world is right now, so that you can recharge and then go back and help change the world. So,
0: um, that that resonates with me. I will also say, um, water for your eyes for tear gas, not milk, water.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, yeah, did anyone have anything else to? Other than the obvious, which is like (laughs) go listen to Black people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Donate money. Donate uh, time. Mm
0: Donate time. Donate money. Put yourself. Put your body in. Put your body in danger because Black people's bodies have been in danger for of hundreds
1: of years. And when the next terrible thing happens this year, don't forget that this remains terrible, and we Mm -hmm. have to keep fighting. Yep. Um, this so it isn't
2: think- going to go away until we make it go away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I, with that, I think we should let people go do all those things we said. Go do those um, things.
2: We will be back next week with our regularly scheduled episode. We just wanted to um, take a moment to, to share our thoughts and our opinions for whatever little they may be worth in this time and place.
0: Yeah. Um, we're all learning. We're all making mistakes. We need to when somebody points out those mistakes, we need to stop. We need to listen. We need to nod our head. We need to say, Okay, thank you. And on that note, let's um let's end this with
2: protesting. protesting. Oh, that wasn't
0: I feel really good about it. Okay, great. great. (laughs) Keep protesting, everybody! Alright, protesting.